On today's episode, I'm chatting to an old friend of mine, Dylan Goddard. Uh, based out of Singapore, he's an entrepreneur, a competitive CrossFitter, a PT, um, and an all-round really, really good guy and someone I have massive amount of respect for. Um, in our conversation, we talk about uh, everything from owning a CrossFit box to running to um, COVID-19 to all the drama that's happening in the CrossFit world, uh, being a dad uh, and navigating life and mindset through all of this. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our chat, um, and it was just a pity that Alan couldn't join us today. He was uh, thoroughly missed. However, um, hope you guys all enjoy the conversation that I had with my good friend, Dylan Goddard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to That's Interesting with Mark and Alan, where your hosts, the great and powerful Alan Fowlers, as well as yours truly, myself, Mark Fawzi, will be discussing and unpacking topics that really interest us, experiences we've had, current affairs in the world, as well as telling some dad jokes and talking some smack along the way. Our aim is to entertain you, provide you with some golden nuggets of value, and pretty much get you through your day in a positive and happy way. Please enjoy hearing us have some fun with this, and don't be shy to tell all your friends to join in. Dylan Goddard, good morning, sir. <laughs> What's happening with you, buddy? I'm good, uh, thank you, you. Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, I actually should say good evening to you, or good afternoon, actually. Yeah, it's about 4 p.m. in Singapore at the moment, so uh, yeah, it surely is uh, afternoon. And the heat is here, that's for sure, man. <laughs> nice. So just to, uh, just to let everyone know who's listening... Unfortunately, uh, my partner in crime, Al, couldn't make today. Uh, we actually had a, a bit of a miscommunication about the time of the recording. Um, I'm not sure it might have been my fault, um, but, uh, but all good. We're still here, and, um, and I actually just wanted to welcome you, Dil. It's really it's a, it's a pleasure to be chatting to you. We haven't spoken in a while. Um, Dil and I are friends uh, from a while back, met through a mutual friend of ours, Mike. Uh, who's actually my business partner as well. And, um, and Dil, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to, to uh, anyone who doesn't, who doesn't already know who you are? Yeah, man. Uh, well, firstly, uh, a big thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. I think the last time I saw you was at uh, Johannesburg Airport. Yes. Just for a brief moment. In, in the Wilbur, it's having a lovely little uh, uh, robot. Uh, half honey, half robot. I think it's, uh, <laughs> you know, for any South African that's, Kind of arriving back in South Africa, it's an absolute must. You rush straps and let all words at uh, Oral Tambo and grab yourself a, a robot. I remember, I remember being quite mind blown. You're, you're, you're home, and, yeah, you're back on home swell. Yeah, uh, yeah, all good, man. Um, as you say, uh, you know, we know each other for, for, for a good uh, friend of ours, Mike Gilmore. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm aware of you guys are, are good friends and as well as business partners and. Um, yeah, a little bit about my story. I kind of uh, left Cape uh, left Cape Town probably about eight and a half years ago and moved uh, to Singapore, um, which is in Asia. And I've been here ever since. I've kind of uh, dabbled in in a variety of different things, but mostly within the fitness industry. Um, from working as a personal trainer to going on to kind of uh, running and uh, 
the owning my own gym or co-owning my own gym, um, which was kind of a lifelong dream for me. And now my responsibility, I kind of went back to uh, personal training. Then I also mentor uh, about 20 personal trainers uh, at my current uh, uh, place where I'm working at the moment. And then I also do quite a bit of uh, external stuff, kind of programming and um, yeah, uh, more kind of the virtual side of things. Awesome. And um, is your training style still very predominantly uh, CrossFit methodology? Yeah, yeah. So I've been competing in CrossFit for probably the past uh, seven, about seven years, I think. Six, seven years. Yeah. Um, and this year I'll be 35 next month. So uh, it's a big year for me in a sense of, you know, in the functional fitness space because it does... Uh, it's my first year of being a master, yeah. so uh, I'm pretty happy about that, and I have some kind of big aspirations coming to the end of the year, and you know, earlier to me the next year, uh, you know, God willing, if, if COVID is going to let us travel and and, and things, because yeah. you know, just being in Singapore, you definitely have to travel if you want any kind of competition or big competition, quality competitions at least. Yeah. So yeah, I um. I have been doing a fair amount of running in the last good, uh, probably like two or three months. I did a, a big weighted run across Singapore um, awesome. about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and coming off that, I've kind of just picked up with my old uh, coach and we started last week, Monday, and I'm going to get back onto it. And obviously we still awesome. in lockdown, so uh, I'm limited to, you know, what I have at home and, uh, and bits and bobs. But yeah, yeah. so... I think you know, coming back to your question, it, it's quite interesting, and I, I kind of see CrossFit in a little bit of a different light. And uh, you know, if you say CrossFit per se, it's, it's, you know, I, I truly believe it's a, it's a form of strength strength conditioning program that, if followed correctly, um, can reap uh, amazing you know benefits and uh, very rewarding if you just do decide to get into the sports of it, um, and you know. We can maybe go a little bit later into you know the difference between the training modality you know yeah. most people are doing and this compared to the actual sport. The competitiveness, yeah, um, yeah, that's a big difference as well. So yeah, I do, I do uh, still the CrossFit at the moment. If you want to say yeah, yeah, awesome. And and you know what, we're going to get into um, a little bit of a chat about what's what's happening in the CrossFit world at the moment, which is <laughs> quite crazy. Um, but uh, tell me more about this run that you did last uh, two weeks ago. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, so I, I am a rather, I would say a bit on the biggest side of the athletes. <laughs> I probably weigh about 92 to 93 kilos Yeah. Uh, on, a, on, on an average day. And yeah, so the furthest I'd ever run, kind of non-vested or just on my own, was about 20 clicks. Yeah. And... Um, I probably was about three or four years ago one of my clients and myself we would change each other and uh, he's got the kind of same mentality as myself and he just likes to really push the, the boundaries of what the human is, is able to do yeah. um, or at least what we were able to do uh, yeah and we just you know we chatted about maybe running across uh, or walking across Singapore in a weighted vest uh, it's probably about 55 kilometers yeah and um, through the month of May I actually uh, the company I worked for, we had to decide on like one goal, so like one month, one goal kind of tag. And I said I would run 100 kilometers in the weighted vest over the month. Wow. And yeah. by the 15th of the month, already, I, I'd really surpassed that just because awesome. I just got into running with my vest on. Um, and then, 
Yeah, because I because of that, I think current situation, I haven't really been put into a position where I've had to be where I've had to kind of uh, you know really dig really deep or uh, a competition of sorts. You know, where you just get a bit nervous and you want to get that you know that edge, that competitive edge, whatever it might be, and you you're trying to you know broaden your your capacity by uh, by pushing yourself into the unknown. And uh, yeah, I just kind of built a random idea of trying to run, run across Singapore um, with the weighted vest on. Yeah. And I, I, I knew probably I physically it was going to be really tough, but yeah. I, I just believed that I like mentally could get through it. And uh, yeah, so it took me about seven hours and uh, wow. I ran through the, through the night, uh, started midnight and then ended up uh, kind of, so basically running from west side of Singapore all the way to the east side. Yeah. I I, to my knowledge, no one's ever done it in a way to face before. So that's very cool. Quite a nice little bragging rights. Um, <laughs> and I basically, as as uh, I came to the end of my the, the last position or the most eastern part of Singapore, the sun was rising kind of in my face, and oh, it was just cool. quite a cool moment. Just to there's a lot of pain. I'm not going to lie, man. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, just uh, I had uh, one or two people riding with me on a bicycle, so a bit of yeah. a support, which was quite nice. But uh, it's definitely some trying times to that, man. And I can, you, I can definitely imagine um, how sore your body is and how much you want to stop towards that the, those last few k's. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and it's weird because I'm not I don't do distance running at all or anything, right? It's like I got to the 30k mark, a tree, I sat down, and I definitely had a moment of like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Like yeah. my legs are so sore. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever run in a weighted face, but for no, some reason, your calves, like yeah. your calves just blow up, man, for some reason. Sure. Uh, and it felt like they were just going to really explode, right? I just couldn't feel like I could take another step. Yeah. And then you 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 kind of go through these waves, right? Then, and I think the last 10 kilometers, I couldn't even feel my legs anymore. They were so sore, man. Yeah, you just kind of uh, just yeah, got autopilot by then. Yeah, yeah you just... You, you, you just uh, you're just an overdrive, right? Mm. Um, and it was a good learning experience. I think uh, one was, uh, I like to do these things every now and then, and it just keeps me on edge, right? It's just it's definitely sets that mindset of, you know, when uh, adversity comes along or you, you need trials and tribulations, especially like the COVID, these are interesting times for everyone. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, it just gives you the upper hand, um, you know, and just to know how far you can push yourself. You know, yeah. for, for me, I know, Mentally, or if you had to give me a task of trying to learn something or study something, I know I, I would battle a lot more. But you know, I think sometimes you just play to your strengths. And for me, physically, I, I think I can push myself uh, a lot harder than most people can. So, well, at least I try. Hundred <laughs> percent. And it's, I think it's, it's it's got quite successful. It's more mental training than anything, especially for someone who's already got like a quite a high level baseline fitness. I think. It's more mental than anything, and you know, like I've, I've, um, of late, I've taken up like quite a bit of running as well, and I've set a yeah. goal to do my first full marathon uh, in a few months' time, and um, and I, I love the mental aspect of it—the fact that you get to a point where you actually feel like you can't go anymore, and you just keep pushing, and then when you get to the end of your run, it's actually such a cool feeling, um, and it also yeah. helps that yeah. you're outdoor, and I think the the lockdown actually spurred this on because we couldn't go to gym so being outdoor was yeah. like was um one of the only options of exercise and there's only so many burpees and air squats that i that i wanted to do um so 
Yeah, it's, it's a really cool, it's a cool challenge. Um, and I, yeah, I do think with, you know, running itself, like if once you become running fit, I don't think there's any kind of thing that can replicate that sense of freedom that you can get from it. Yeah. You know, like if I'm yeah. sitting in my, in my house or it might be, and I feel like, you know, like I feel like going for like a 20 K run. And, and I think this is the catch as well. When you start doing longer distances and you know, the general population think you're like crazy just to go for a quick 20 K run, mm. but you know, that's your body gets used to it. And then you just, you just do it. Like exactly. you go for like a 10 K run now and not to sound boastful, but it's to just be like a recovery run. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a quick active recovery hour. But yeah. it's, I think it's really trying to start pushing yourself into that kind of two and a half hour, three hour mark with, you know, uh, where the body starts getting really challenged and the mind yeah. kind of uh, has to uh, take over. A but yeah, the running has become massively popular. A friend of mine said something to me, actually, um, he's my brother-in-law. So my brother and sister-in-law, I started running with them and, and kind of got into it. So I, I run with them a lot. And, um, and he's a long distance runner. So he's done comrades like almost every year for the last few years. And he basically, he said to me, and it just shows how much it's in the mind. Um, if you, if you aim to run 10 Ks, that last K is going to hurt. And if you aim to run yeah. 20 Ks, the last K is going to hurt. So it's, it's literally yeah, just yeah. where you, where you're willing to take, take your mind. Um, yeah, yeah. I must, I must say running 50 clicks. Yeah. It was tough, but the last five clicks, I just, it, it just feels like it's never going to end. I can imagine. Yeah. And you know, it was quite funny because like one guy who was running next to on a bicycle, he was basically just navigating me. And we were just, we just plotted the roots of Google Maps basically. Yeah. And it got to a point where just due to the fact that Singapore is a lot of construction and basically we had a, we had a cover over a road and they, they were doing construction, um, over that road and we couldn't cross and we had to make, we do like another kilometer detour. And yeah, we, uh, we probably had about five kilometers go. And I, I think at that moment, every like meter is like gold, right? Yeah. Because you just, you, you're so close. And then we had to deviate and go and do uh, like a whole other two kilometers that are, it was properly just yeah, like uh, in the mind, right? That's hectic. That's quite a spanner. Um, yeah, so yeah, Dil, just to, just to uh, divert a little bit. So obviously when I met you, yeah. um, when I met you, you, uh, you were co-owner of CrossFit Tanyong Paga, which was uh, yeah. um, one of the prominent boxes in Singapore. Um, and I saw you at the airport. You may, actually, that day that I saw you, I think you were traveling into Cape Town. And I think I was yeah. traveling to, I think I was on my way to Amsterdam or something like that. Yeah. And... Um, I, I can't, I, I can remember thinking, what are the chances that we're actually bumping into each other here? And I, like when I saw you, I had to do a double take. I was like, is it him? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, very cool. But, but, but just off that, um, what was that transition like from a business owner of a, of a CrossFit box to more of a uh, going your own direction? Um, and, and it seems like you're working on quite a few really cool, very interesting kind of projects now but what what spurred on the de the decision to to step away from that um and and how was that for you yeah so it's an interesting one because i so i basically work for a group called youth fit uh, in singapore yeah and i uh, i was working for them for some time i think probably about 20 about 20 uh 2014 about 2014 to 2015, I was working for them. 
And then they approached me. They knew I enjoyed CrossFit, and I was I was doing a lot of CrossFit stuff, you know, at that time. They yeah. said, "Would you mind partnering up with us, or would you be keen to partner up with us and run a gym for us?" And you'd be obviously one of the partners, and uh, you know, you'd have shares in it and whatever, and you'd just be you would manage this entire space. Mm. Um, and you know, it's obviously a dream come true uh, for any personal trainer. And I'd already been peating for a good couple of years already. And so I took, you know, I took the opportunity with open arms and uh, built a phenomenal, uh, uh, you know, community, uh, which I've been very thankful for. I had some amazing coaches, and I think, you know, it was it was a, an amazing setup. And uh, unfortunately, what happened was from a business side of things, our first few years kind of were just really tough because the rental was was just too much, mm. and uh, our, our projections. From a financial standpoint, weren't really met. Um, and the second two years, we were, we were open for about four and a half years. About the second uh, kind of period of, of us having the gym was a lot better financially. We kind of changed our model a little bit, so we started integrating a lot more personal training into it because mm. um, we knew that that's where the money is. I think you know, you're looking at in in Singapore, personal trainers. At the high end of charging, anywhere between 150 to to 200 Sing dollars an hour. Mm. So it's it's about 2,000, 1,500 to 2,000 rand about wow. per an hour. Yeah. So that's where you're making a lot of your money. Where our gym membership was probably about 300 dollars per month. Yeah. Um, you know, so before the space we had, and I think it, it's a big thing with CrossFit. I, I truly believe, like many CrossFit gyms, don't actually make a massive profit right yeah like it is it is really for the labor of you know love yeah for the, uh, and and build the community and and it's an amazing hobby mm. and i think for myself like i i enjoyed that aspect but i i you know i like the business side of things as well mm. and kind of coming off that you know after our after about three and a half years we had a we had a meeting with the, with the entire board and we decided that we weren't going to carry on because we needed quite a substantial investment coming in again mm. because our lease was coming up for the space. Um, yeah. The building that we were in, they were going to be tearing down the building. So we had to move and that's going to cost us probably two, 300K uh, yeah. sing dollar, you know, just to set up a new facility. Uh, and coming off the fact that we, we had lost quite a bit of money in the first two years, we decided to just pull the plug. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and very sad. I think it was it was an amazing space, but you know you need to just sometimes just cut it loose, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And you know, a lot, lot of upset members, and everyone was kind of reimbursed and you know given credit uh, for the other facilities that that you had run. So there was no like hard feelings, you know, going into leaving that that environment. But uh, yeah, it was mm. it was quite strange because I think. We, we built up quite a, an awesome community of people and we were quite competitive within Asia itself. You know, we, we had a great team. Uh, we went to the regionals multiple times uh, as a team and uh, we, in our last year and a half of, uh, of running the gym, uh, there was a girl by the name of Megan Lovegrove who actually won uh, the UK last year for the Open. She actually she qualified for the Games. She worked for us for about a year and a half. Yeah. So it was was definitely awesome to have these great athletes, you know, with lots of international big names dropping in when they came through Singapore. Yeah. And because Singapore is such an awesome place uh, with regards to travel in Asia, most people come through Singapore if they need to go to Australia or any of the other Asian countries, 
if they're coming from Europe or South Africa or whatever, you have to come to Singapore. Um, so we got, yeah, I, we had a phenomenal time, man. And that's, uh, you know, it, it, there were obviously a lot of lessons to be learned from a business perspective. Uh, I think we just went in too big um, in the beginning. Mm. And I think this could be a, a, you know, a big problem with a lot of uh, CrossFit gyms because you see the flash, right? And mm. because we were charging uh, uh, definitely on a, the upper end of what, what people are charging in Asia, three $400 per month, yeah. we had to, you know, the standard of the gym had to be really good. Coming in, like your experience would be, Come in, you get like there would be towels available. You know, showers and amenities were were beautiful. Mm. Um, the, the just the gym was really nice, right? Had great equipment, but that comes at a big cost, obviously. Yeah. And you know, like when your rental is an exuberant amount as well, uh, you, you it's it just becomes a bit of a tough one. And then you know you, you see your profits line just going one way. <laughs> mm. uh, but it's good, man. Like, you know, and then I, I, my business mind, obviously, at the end of it, said, oh, which was such a failure. And, you know, I was, I was a little bit, you know, obviously, heart sore that this kind of collapsed. And, and, and then, it, you know, like, on the other side of me was, you know, it was a massive success because we mm. built this amazing community. Um, and I understand with Singapore, because there's so many expats coming to the country, you know, you, you, you definitely uh, build that that sense of belonging when people come into the gym, right? And Absolutely. that's what people are wanting. And, you know, I think a lot of people in the gym, like all their friends trained at that gym, like yeah. all their friends in Singapore trained at that gym, Yeah. not just, you know, one or two people. So uh, our, our community was very tight. Yeah. 100%. So coming off that, I, uh, I uh, was going to go totally on my own um, and, and work as freelance uh, personal training and then set up kind of small group uh, potentially like a boot camp company, um, etc. And I eventually decided after a lot of discussions to stay with the, the mother company, Ufit. Mm. And I've uh, now moved into it. They've opened up a new location um, in Singapore. Mm. So I am like one of their master trainers there, as I said a little bit earlier now, kind mm. of oversee a lot of uh, what happens on the floor itself, the training floor. And uh, mentor, guide the personal trainers and um, mm. I also do a lot of personal training myself and then I have some external stuff I do outside the gym. Awesome. Um, I just, you know, going back to uh, what you were saying about that decision to to shut down and, and that it felt like a failure, I can just imagine yeah. like having having a business of my own, that's probably one of, that's the hardest decision to make, to, to decide to call it. Yeah. Um, but it's also a decision that takes a lot of balls and, um, and understanding that this might be a passion, but it'll only remain a passion while it's sustainable. You know, if it's, that's, I yeah, think that's the problem absolutely. is, is a lot of, um, so having dealt with a lot of gym owners in general, and not just CrossFit, but, um, a lot of gym owners will start a gym as a passion project and they love what they do. Um, and and, you know, it isn't a very massively profitable business unless you really can scale it yeah. uh, and have multiple locations yeah. um, or have a big personal training kind of um, aspect where other personal trainers might rent space, etc. Um, but, yeah, for, for something to, to, to carry on being awesome, it has to be sustainable. And good on you for making that, um, that tough decision. And if anything, like, 
it, it actually gives you the gravitas for whatever you do going forward, you know, and yeah, so. 100%, yeah. yeah. There's, there's no losing, it's only learning, right? And I've always mm. kind of kept that mantra um, in whatever I do and trying to keep that positive mindset. I think that's everything. Mm. And uh, yeah, like for me, it was a business, right? And if you're not making money, mm. like it's not a business. Exactly. That's just that's just the bottom line, right? Like yeah. if you're not making profit, it's not a business. Yeah. Then or, it's just or heading towards that. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah, and you're just supporting other people's uh, space to come for them to come and entertain themselves. Exactly. And uh, you know, our kind of entertainment was through the medium of fitness and making people more awesome day by day. Mm. But like you know, you you basically paying for that and you're paying for that space and uh, yeah. Yeah, just wasn't just wasn't sustainable, as yeah, you say. Hundred um, yeah. percent. So, so, so Doha. So, I actually am not very clued up about what the situation is in Singapore at the moment with regards to COVID. Obviously, this has rocked all of our worlds. Um, yeah. In South Africa, as you'll know, we're still in like level three of lockdown. So, some things are allowed and some things are not allowed. It's definitely uh, feels like things are more open. But at the same time, gyms are still closed um, and we don't know until when. Um, yeah. And but on the other side of that, our infection rate over here is, is starting to peak. So I think in the next four weeks, according to the modeling that they've been doing, we're going to peak and it's going to be quite a quite a dog show. Um, but hopefully after yeah. that, it will start tapering off. Um, what are things like over there? Yeah, so we've been in what they call a circuit breaker uh since i think the 4th of april so we're now 10 we're now 11 wow. weeks deep okay yeah uh so for us um they're obviously quite strict with you know uh finding people and uh in the beginning they didn't insist we wear our masks and they got a lot of backlash from that because yeah. they saw the numbers were still rising quite a bit yeah uh yeah so now you have to wear a mask you know as soon as you exit your house uh the you know, the last nice thing about what we had, they never banned us from walking outside or if you're running, you can don't have to wear a mask, which yeah. is quite nice. Yeah, so there's no use running really. took off. Running took off massively in Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, even like even a brisk walk, like you yeah. don't have to wear a mask. Running to so the it's shop. it's quite funny. It's people like, and they have these officers that walk around and they, they basically find you, right, if you haven't got a mask on or if they see you can kind of like socializing in like a bit of a group. And yeah. So they, they, it's it's interesting, like, you know, all the businesses were closed, obviously, yeah. uh, although we did have delivery of food um, all the time, which was quite nice. I know mm. you guys didn't have that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we hoping that we, the gyms will open up probably end of the month. So it would be kind of maybe like three, three months total uh, of a circuit breaker. Yeah. Uh, but once again, Singapore is a country that really play it safe, right? Um, yeah. And our, I'm not sure if you followed a bit of Singapore, our biggest number, probably like 95% of uh, our number is uh, from the people in the dormitories. So okay. those are the workers that are basically like built Singapore. And yeah. because they, this, how close they stay, they stay in almost like a compound. Yeah. Um, then the, the virus just kind of sweeps through wow. the dormitories. Um, and there's about 300,000 uh, 
you know, workers that make up uh, that kind of pool of, of, of guys living in the dormitories. Mm. So, yeah, Singapore's population is probably about 6 million at the moment. Yeah. And uh, our numbers are relatively actually quite high, but only due to the fact that they've done an extensive amount of testing. Yeah. Um, you know, I know in South Africa they haven't been doing too much testing because of the availability, but, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, I just have obviously a conversation with my wife and my friends about Singapore and is that going to be like the downfall because they tested every almost everyone. Yeah. We won't be able to travel and stuff because our numbers aren't high. Yeah. But in reality, like, they're only high because we do a lot of testing, right? 100%. So, yeah, we are hoping um, our kind of phase two is the next phase, basically, mm. um, and then uh, F&B will kick in again, restaurants, uh, gyms will kick in, but also massively... Um, scaled right you only yeah. have to hang in groups of five people and uh yeah so it's going to be a slow process i would say each singapore itself should be back to normal normal as we know it probably about october september october again yeah it sounds similar yeah. to to here actually and i suppose yeah. our testing is not as uh, the population is much bigger obviously over here but i think Similarly to the dorms that you were talking about, the townships over here, it's also people that are on top of each other. Um, and, and I think, you know, personally, from everyone that I've spoken to, in our last episode on the podcast, we had uh, a clinical pathologist um, who is very much on the front lines of this in South Africa anyway, or in Africa. Yeah. And, um, and he was even saying that um, he thinks that a lot of the population would have actually already got it and may not have known about it or may have had a, a mild cold. Um, so, yeah. so the numbers aren't telling the real story, I don't think. Um, Asymptomatic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I think yeah, we're yeah. in a very similar position. Um, and, and what have you been doing in the meantime during, during the lockdown? Have you been able to do like remote coaching or um, video coaching, personal training, etc.? Yeah, so I think that was the big kind of case, right? And I actually spoke to some of my mates back in South Africa that do personal training. A lot of them are just kind of waiting to yeah. see what's going to happen. Mm. And um, yeah, so kind of for myself, and I was like wondering, you know, I, I kind of like, as soon as we went to circuit break, the next day I had most kind of my clients on yeah. some kind of a programming uh, you know, sort of thing, and tried and did a, a, quite a lot of um, trial, peak virtual personal training sessions with them just to get a grasp of. Uh, it was new for everyone, right? So yeah. there was no like perfect of like this is what virtual PT looks like. It was a brand new experience for everyone. So I think that that's something that potentially a lot of the trainers in Africa need to think about as well, right? I know like a lot mm. of old school trainers might think it's just a dumb idea mm. and they, they're going to wait until, you know, the gyms are open, but you might, might wait forever, right? So that's, that's yeah. my fear for a lot of the younger, and then I, you know, I'm, I'm just lucky. I've been here for quite a while, so I've got quite a big client base. Mm. Um, so I was able to tap into that. So it's been actually kind of okay, to be honest. Mm. Um, I do the company you that I do, like two or three virtual classes a week. Yeah. Um, which has also been, I like, I never taught classes in yeah. my life. I mean, I've crossed, yeah. I've coached CrossFit classes, but then it's just like demonstrating and, you yes. know, three, two, one, go type thing. Yeah. But it's actually quite interesting. Like, it made you feel like a bit of someone that does like aerobics or something. Yeah, like, yeah. You do the class with them. It's awkward. So, yeah. That was, yeah. And I've done like so many firsts um, 
yeah. you know, through through COVID, which has been, mm. I really changed myself in the sense of like, I have to come out of the situation and better as a coach and, you know, as a, as a person, like, mm. um, yeah, I think that was vital for me. So it's been going pretty well, man. I think there are days, obviously, where you feel like you not being super productive and, and uh, but, you know, that's just, that's all good. Like, yeah. you know, it's weird though because now we have the time. So I think you think that you need to be super productive yeah. all the time. Yeah. But in general, like when you're day to day, like there are days that you're not like hyper productive, right? And you don't, you don't really like come down yourself for that. Exactly. But because it's just now like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? Yeah, because you spend and, a lot of time in the car driving to work and you're actually at the office and yeah. it's all this, this, those waste of time activities that make you feel like you've had a yeah. productive day. Whereas I find now if I, if I sit down for two hours and, and smash out some work, I get a lot done, a lot more done than, yeah. than I perhaps would have, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in the normal circumstances. Yeah. And I think also just was, um, with regards to, to the whole adapting to the situation. Um, so obviously, like, there are people like you and gyms like you who were like, okay, cool, this is happening. So you got to go through that acceptance phase and then... Okay, yeah. so what can we do, you know? Um, and there are other people that have, that have waited um, or, or have kind of just been waiting for that day to reopen. And the problem is that it, in South Africa, it was initially 21 days, you know, and, and we're currently sitting on like over three months. Um, so you can't wait for that. Um, and no, one, no one's going to, you know, no one's going to make it happen for you wait around yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah i think it's I, I, I truly believe like you know fitness it's gonna change like yeah. you know if you weren't able to adapt and become potentially like a hybrid trainer going forward exactly um you might struggle going forward you know and i think a lot of guys will have to maybe change their career because yeah. like a lot of it's gonna go online and virtually and yeah you know if you if you don't want to take the time to do like a, you know, a short marketing course or how to, you know, how to film like a little video and how to create content. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying like, you know, live your life on, on, on social media, but mm. like these are the streams you need to be able to use to adapt yeah. and, uh, and, and basically sell yourself on, right? 100%. This is disruption. This is what happens when it, when something yeah. disruptive happens and, and uh, people who can adapt survive, and people who yeah. are stuck in old ways, unfortunately, they get weeded out. Um, and we've yeah. we've already seen it with some with some of our clients and so on. Unfortunately, we've also seen some really really good operations close down, um, and it, it is precisely because of high rental um, and, yeah. and just not being yeah. able to sustain the business. But but I think, in my opinion, that those businesses that were established and, and really solid and have good leadership, I think that, you know, when things do open up again, they will come back and they'll come back with a fresh perspective and, you know, a fresh yeah, start, yeah. so to speak. So, you know, through BoxChamp, have you seen the fair amounts of businesses close over the last couple of months? Yeah, we have actually. Um, and, you know, some, some businesses, I think, that have closed unfortunately our businesses that were teetering on the edge of existence before the crisis yeah um, and this just fast yeah. fast tracked it um but other businesses you know that have not been able to get any relief from their landlords and because it's a physical space so 
Um, you know, so there are some really, really good established gyms that have had to close down, but those gyms have kind of closed down just to cut their costs, cut their uh, losses yeah. at the moment. And they know yeah. like, cool, we're going to close down because we don't want to pay rent or we can't pay rent right now, but we're ready to open as soon as, as soon as we can. And they have shifted and pivoted to online. And as a business ourselves, I mean, we've had to, we've had to think on our feet as well and make sure that we can cater for online training on our platform and, and all of that. Um, so it's been interesting. And, and for me also, a lot of the stuff that happens in a crisis is obviously quite stressful when it first happens and you kind of still processing it. But out of it, I've always found that there are always opportunities that's, um, that come out of it and needs that arise that you can actually provide solutions for. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been interesting, actually. It's been, it's, it's, there's been like one really good day and then one, one crappy day. Um, <laughs> and they've just been mixed. Hey, mixed roller coaster. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. But at the same time, I've felt like uh, moments of, of extreme inspiration through this time uh, that, have, that have kept me very positive and, and kind of pushing forward. So yeah, it's been super interesting. Um, and you know, to top it all off, um, what's happening in the CrossFit world right now is like quite mind blowing. Um, what, what's your take on all of that? Yeah, I like, and like, I have my opinion and I think everyone has their own opinion, right? Yeah. Like for me, and I think it's a bit different from a global sense. Like, we come from South Africa, right? And, like, not to defend South Africans, but we've kind of been dealing somewhat kind of like this, you yeah. know, the, the, whatever it might be for quite some time already. Yeah, so this is all, nothing new to us. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. Not, 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 not like I just want to turn a blind eye, but mm. I think it's all about perception and, you know, what your experience has been through your life as well. Mm. So I, I think people, a lot of people made an emotional decision too quickly yeah. to drop the name CrossFit. Um, was it like a potentially, you know, was it an easy, like almost like a bit of a scapegoat for a lot of the, a lot of the gyms? Yeah. Um, just to say like, yeah, like, uh, I'm just going to jump on the, the, the train, right. And, and, and drop the name because I don't really find that they're giving us value. When, um, mm. But, and, you know, like, is there, you know, it just brings up a lot of questions. Like, is there still value in the name CrossFit, you know, before, yeah. before your own personal brand or whatever it might be? Yeah. So there's that take. Now, I, I feel like people should just wait it out a bit and see, yeah. you know, what they can, what, what HQ can do for the next couple of weeks. Um, mm. You know, I think I am aware of, you know, if every cent that still goes to Greg Glassman mm. and after... I don't know if you watched Andy Stump's uh, interview when he kind of laid it out. I did. That, that's pretty like hardcore, right? And then Crazy. Like, it, it, it gets you quite confused in the sense of like, if I still had a gym, like would I, would I drop the name or, or not? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very, just, very difficult decision that. Yeah. I've, in and out, I've also, you know, I know like a lot of guys in Australia didn't drop the name CrossFit because that doesn't really affect them that much. I yeah. think, you know, your, your biggest kind of obviously you know, dropouts or deaffiliations would have come from the boxes in the States because they potentially under a little bit of pressure and, yeah. you know, Joe Soap down the road did it, so I have to do it now, otherwise yeah. I'm going to be termed maybe like, you know, supporting yeah. Greg Glassman. And I think a lot of guys haven't looked at the bigger picture of things, right? Like, yeah. you know, CrossFit is so much more than, than one guy at the top 
yeah. you know, talking and, and or at least, uh, you know, talking on this big microphone. Like, yeah. I, I can guarantee you that loads, loads, loads of people that do CrossFit don't even know who Greg Glassman is. Yeah, 100%. I know that. And I, 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 I only know that because I only found out who Greg Glassman was when I started getting serious about CrossFit and potentially yeah. starting a business in the industry, you know? Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Like, you know, and I made a joke the other day, like, you know, the old guys, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit now for eight years, eight, nine years. Like, <laughs> I made this snark comment about, like, I've been doing CrossFit for longer than people. You couldn't even spell CrossFit. A lot, a lot of the youngsters couldn't yeah. even spell CrossFit when I started CrossFit. Yeah. So it's like, you know, now they're on their high horses on the social media platforms and, and bits and bobs. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all quite interesting, man. You know, like, the, the, Andy, the An Andy's podcast, um, yeah. I listened to it yesterday, day before yesterday, and it, um, geez, it caught me by surprise. Um, massively yeah so I didn't I didn't expect that but to me it's I'm also like you know I've been I've been standing on the sidelines just like observing um, and we, yeah. we we aren't really directly affiliated with CrossFit in any way so we work with all kinds of yeah. gyms so it's not really for, uh, my place to say anything um, but to me I, I find it quite first of all flipping impressive that Greg Glassman has held on to 100% of the shares and hasn't needed to dilute in any way, which is crazy. But to me, that poses a bit of a problem for the community because because all proceeds go to him. Um, and even yeah. even though he's paying people and staff and and whatever, it's still his yeah. his call. And and he can as much as he appoints Dave Castro, um, he still calls the shots. To be honest, like. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those where the methodology is absolutely amazing. The community that's been built for the most part is amazing. Um, but the, the leadership and direction of the company, it's a company at the end of the day, you know, and it's almost yeah. separating the, the methodology from the brand, um, which is difficult because they've built that methodology. So yeah. it's, it's their IP. Yeah, and, so, and I think as a, as a previous, you know, CrossFit box owner, I, I think on the day-to-day -day runnings of, of of a gym, like to be honest, like CrossFit HQ, if, like affected my gym like zero. Yeah. Zero. Hundred percent. This is the business, and it's the gym, right? And it, and the community that's built. Yeah. Like people look, they were looking at because they came there because it was CrossFit tanks on Pugger, not yeah. like, you know. Uh, okay, when you when you travel and stuff, yeah. and then you know doing drop ins and this that the other, um, yeah, could make a little bit of a difference. But in the bigger picture of things, like I didn't really think of the name CrossFit like in that sense. Mm. Like, oh, I'm actually belong to this massive worldwide uh, inter yeah. you know, interlinking space. But uh, yeah, yeah. So like, it, it didn't really didn't really appeal to me. Like. I was running my business and yeah, yeah it was called the CrossFit what X, 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 whatever it might be. Yeah. But uh, in hindsight, like, yeah, it, it, I think it's just been kind of maybe, and, and it's, it's all because it's running off all of this extra yeah. this animosity that's been caused in the like States at the moment. Everything, right? all the fuel that's currently in the fire as well. Um, yeah. 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 It's hectic. But it, at the same time, it is, it's such a, for me, it's so conflicting because I feel in a way like absolutely what you're saying. I agree with that. 
But in another way, I also feel that, ah, uh, like why did why <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a stupid move, right? Yeah, it's irresponsible. Like, yeah, massively irresponsible. Like you just—it's almost like a Trump move. It's yeah, the same, very same story. The stuff he puts up. Very much so. And uh, yeah, so I think it's probably about ten percent of the global uh, CrossFit job boxes that have only affiliated. Yeah. That's about a, I think they work for like $4 million yeah. loss. Which, which is not that bad for, for what they, you know, for yeah. what they're currently making. I think, I think like, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months, especially after Andy's podcast, because I think that's, yeah, that's just as big an issue. And I think if anyone does come out and, and, uh, kind of confirms it, it's going to yeah. be huge. And Absolutely, also man. that man has some big balls because to call, to call <laughs> Greg Glassman out personally like that, um, I think, yeah. you know, just from knowing what I know, I think you'll definitely go after him. So it's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm just hoping there's going to be other guys that come out as well. Yeah, exactly. It's support what he says. Exactly. Otherwise he's yeah. going to have his, uh, his exactly. work out for him, man. Yeah. It's, it's actually, yeah. it's, it's quite entertaining to watch. Um, I've been <laughs> following this, like, almost like a series on TV. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And every day, I don't know, Armin Hammer's got some great stuff. Yeah, he, exactly. He interviews all, all the top dogs and uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, Dil, we we coming yeah. up uh, on, cool. on wrapping up quickly. It's been awesome catching up with you. Um, just just to wrap, wrap up, how's it been um, the early stages of being a dad? Uh, managing managing family versus all the roller coasters that are happening in this time. Yeah, it's it's been good. I think you know, like for me, I'm always trying to set a good example for my daughter. I think that's paramount. Um, and my medium is you know being active, trying to stay as healthy as possible, uh, to try and get enough sleep. Um, you know, hopefully she kind of picks this all up. Yeah. Um, she knows that I'm exercising. She's two and a half and she's like, Daddy, exercise yeah. again. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> again. Um, again and again. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been pretty cool, man. I've got an amazing wife that, uh, you know, does a lot of work around the house. She's actually busy, awesome. uh, studying her master's at the moment. So um, that's been quite intense. Um, yeah. You know, in Singapore, we have got a helper as well. Yeah. So that's also, that's also been a, a lifesaver. Awesome. Um, yeah, obviously it's been a lot of challenging days through the lockdown. Mm. We live in a, like a two-bedroom three, three condominium, like many of these uh, populated cities. So there's no big yeah. houses with big gardens. And so you're inside a lot of the day. Yeah. Um, so it just definitely presents a, a challenge at times. But uh, mm. man, we're getting through it one day at a time. Awesome. And staying positive. Yeah. And, um, and I think uh, the, the quality time during this time is something... Because I, I share your sentiments, um, you know, being in one place at one time for a long time. Yeah. But I think we'll, we'll yeah. probably, uh, one day we'll come when we'll miss, we'll miss the opportunity to have this, this quality time that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Awesome, Dil. Okay. Well, it's been amazing. Cool, it's been amazing catch up, catching up and hearing, hearing kind of um, how you've been and what you've been up to. And um, yeah, we must definitely keep in contact and maybe do a follow-up a follow-up one of these in in the coming yeah, months. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. When, once CrossFit's kind of sorted itself out, yeah, it'll be fun. Exactly, and I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure I will want to catch up with you as well. We've missed him today, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Sweet though. Well, Brother, have a good day. You too. And awesome. we will chat soon. Thank you for yeah, being safe. such a good sport. Man, absolute pleasure. Take care, yeah. Cheers, buddy. Have a good one. Okay, buddy. Cheers. Adios. Bye. About new 74.